Good morning, and welcome to Connections Radio Show, where we talk about ideas that matter. I'm glad you've made the connection and are with us today. I'm Lori Fitz, your host, and the goal of our show is to explore a wide range of topics that challenge us to see ourselves, our community, and the world around us that get us thinking, get us talking, get us wondering, get us connected, and perhaps inspired or challenged to do just a bit more because we made the connection. Our topic today is mindless behaviors. How do they get in the way of sharing our voice and fully living our story? Well, we have Beatrice Adenodi, who will be with us today. She founded Mindless Behaviors. She did this in 2014 after a tough transitional phase that led her to reflect on relationships, faith, and career. Feeling powerless and invisible, she discovered that she'd been ignoring her own voice and reacting without thinking in difficult situations. Beatrice set out to reclaim her power. As she grew into her voice, she realized she wasn't alone. She recognized the impact of her newly reflective mindset that it can make on society, and she developed an innovative new approach to guide others to find their own voice. I'm very excited because Mindless Behaviors was born, and we have a new book that's been coming out by Beatrice. It's called Mindless Behaviors, Breaking Through Unseen Barriers. Welcome, Beatrice. Thank you. Thank you, Laurie. I just have loved getting ready for this show and reading all your websites <laughs> and thinking about what you've put out there. Mm-hmm. And the first question that came to me is that you sort of hinted that something happened in 2014. Yes. And I'd love to hear that story. All right, God. Um, that year was a really peak year for me. It was like the pit, like my ultimate breakthrough. So it started like I was working a contract and I was working 90-hour weeks and I wasn't getting a break. Um, I was having, I had an ex that was trying to come back and I was, had my other business, um, Mirror Inc. And I was in this crossroad of like, should I, should I like fold it or should I keep going with it? And the Mirror Inc. is marketing. Yeah. So Mirror Inc. now is a business consulting firm. Mm -hmm. So I've done a lot of event production, a lot of marketing and a lot of special events, a lot of special events as well. Even um, even till today is kind of pivot because of my um, mindless behaviors. So with it that I had all of that going on, had a lot of work. You're overbooked. Yes. 90 hours and something crashed. Yes, I crashed. I crashed hard. And it wasn't it it was a very moment. I I after work, I actually met up with some friends and I went to my ex's house and I wasn't supposed to be there, right? So, they were egging me on to go like, "No, you should go. You should go. You should confront him and stuff like that." And like, "He shouldn't treat you like this. He shouldn't do this and he shouldn't do that." And then I got so they made me um well, I can't say they made me go. They but I was, encouraged They you. encouraged they me encouraged to go, They encouraged you right? in such a way that you couldn't resist. Yeah, I couldn't resist. And I was just, now I'm like, they were egging me on. And I said, oh, okay, you know what? I'm going to go. Fine. And like, then I got angry and angry when I got to the, when I, all, when I was driving all the way to his house. And so I stepped into the house and I thought I was going to die. In and what way? Why? 
I felt like I knew I wasn't supposed to be there. And it was overwhelming. It was overwhelming. And I felt like, yeah, I knew that it was my fault going there. But I knew I was just like, no, I'm not supposed to be here. But I kept going. But there going. was something that you wanted to confront, it sounds like. Yes. There was I'm, something that wasn't right that just felt like you needed to confront. Yeah. I needed to confront it, but I, at that time, didn't know how to confront it. Mm-hmm. And so I went in. All eyes was on me. And, like, I can feel the tension in the air. It was just kind of like, well, what is she doing here? Oh, my God. What is she doing here? And then my ex was, like, downstairs. So he came up and his face went blue. Mm. And he had another person that he mm-hmm. was like seeing. And I was really in I was just really in I was really embarrassed but like you know the people I was with, my friends that I was with, they were just looking and they were like they were like no, you'll be all right and they were like giggling and I thought I was like is this entertainment for them? Mhm. And I just looked and I was like, oh, my God, I'm like sweating. And like I took a, I drank a couple of glasses of wine <laughs> that mm-hmm. night, literally. Mm-hmm. And I just looked around and I'm like, what am I doing here? How did I get here? Right. At right. that moment. Because it felt over the top. Yeah, it just felt over the top. It was too much. And I'm like, you know, I just came back from work. I'm working hard. And like I had all of this stuff that was going on. And you acted on an impulse. Yes. That and- felt mindless, just that you're just going to go do something without really thinking it through. I was buried in my mindlessness and I didn't know in those moments Mm -hmm. until afterwards. So when I did that, I I just slowly, they they now wanted to corner my ex and slowly put, um, bring him to the back for me to confront him. And we had a conversation. It didn't really go anywhere. We were just talking and I was just like, well, this is too much. And so I went back upstairs and one of the girls that I was with was like, you need to like, you need to leave. This is not appropriate. This, this is not appropriate for you. You're just so much in so much in pain with this. So like, why? I mean, I really would leave. And so I ran and I went and got some fresh air and then I hopped in the car and I drove home as fast as possible. And I literally banged my hand. I stopped the car, drive up to my um, house and banged my hand. Like, why is this happening? This is going on over and over and over again to me. And I, my, I broke my glass watch. It was my favorite glass watch. And it literally just shattered. It was almost like um, shattered right in front of my face. And when it did, it was almost like my time and my perception of my, my view of things just shattered at that moment. And I... Something came over me and I knew something has changed. And you knew you wanted to live differently. I needed – yeah. I knew I wanted to live differently. I just didn't know how I'm going to live differently. And so when that happened, I just went over. I went to my room, threw myself on the bed, and then I had this quote from a cousin from the East Coast. And they sent a bi- biblical verse. I can't remember the verse right now. But it was basically saying that you need to divorce all of this in the brink of your miracles. Say it one more time. That you need to what? Divorce all oh. your pain in the brink of your miracles. Divorce all your pain on the brink of your, your miracles. miracles. What yes. amazing. Yeah. So, yeah, it was um, – I forgot the biblical verse. I always say it, but I can't remember it right now. But that – it gave me much of a deeper awareness and I knew that at that moment I was going to be okay. Mm-hmm. 
but something has changed. Mm-hmm. There was a shift. Yeah, there was a shift. And, like, so I woke up the next morning, and then I was just kind of, like, angry at him. I was angry at the world. I was, like, literally, like, why me? Why is this happening? Mm-hmm. And each day progressed. I was getting – my thoughts were getting lighter and lighter and lighter about the situation. On day seven, I actually called and apologized to him. Mm-hmm. Because that journey of awareness, I, it started to like um, every each day was on layering. Onto the seventh day, I was just like, "This is this is my fault. I need to hold myself accountable for this, right? Why did I have to allow that situation to happen if I knew that that was going to bring me make me feel a certain way?" You use the word awareness, and you use that in your website as well. Mm-hmm. To be aware is to acknowledge your human condition, your place in the world, and how you influence it. Yes. Is that part of what was being um, – what emerged in, in those days is aware, being more aware of, of your place? Yes. They, it's very important and I, um, I lost my condition. I lost mm-hmm. where I was in there. And I, with me losing that, I lost a lot of, I started to give my power away to different things that I knew that didn't serve me, but it's just that I didn't have, had a grasp of what my condition is so I can get to the next level. How am I going to take myself higher? And I'm fascinated with your sense of your voice. Mm -hmm. Tell me about that. What do you mean by your voice? My voice is, um, my voice is my story. My voice is my how I feel. My voice is my identity. My voice is um, my power. Everybody has power. And, like, I needed to stand in my own power and find that for me. And not have someone else tell you what to do. Yes. And get goaded into something that you'd feel uncomfortable. Yes. Um, being swayed by a lot of different, you know, emotions. And mm-hmm. in, the, in the moment it feels good. But it's not who you are. Yes. Is your voice part of who you are? Yes. It's your authentic self. It's like the core. And help me understand how you think of the voice and the story, how that is intertwined. I feel like the voice is the story. It's just basically said in a different way. Mm-hmm. It's like um, it's your book. And like I always say, um, I always have these books. Like we're the magic book and like mm-hmm. we're all the magic within, right? And we have the ability to write any type of chapter we want. It can be long. It can be short. It can be sad. It can be happy. It can be – your book can be anything you want it to be. But um, I feel like the book that we had, I had, was everybody's book, everybody's perception on how life was versus my book. So you were reading other people's books. I was reading other people's and books. And saying it was – and thinking it was yours mm-hmm. but not realizing you had a different book yeah. that was inside you that needed to be looked at. Yeah. It and it seems like you have to in, – in also in your, your website, you talk about sustainability mm-hmm. and leaning into discomfort. Did you need to lean into that painful experience to realize that you had a book? Yes. I needed to like – lean into that painful experience to know what I am capable of. And like sometimes that breakthrough comes at different aspects of your life. And that was my breakthrough that like, wait a minute, I need to step back and reevaluate my life as a whole. What am I doing? (laughs) This is not working. I need to reevaluate everything. So after, after that happened, it wasn't, 
I realized it wasn't him, and it wasn't my ex. It was actually my whole life. I was giving my power away. My whole life, I was basically reading other people's books, but not my own. My whole life, I was sitting on the sidelines, showing up for showing up for a life that I thought that I wanted, but not my own life. And with that. I've got to take a break. I wish I didn't have to. I wish we could just keep going. But I do need to take a break and thank all of the wonderful advertisers that support our show. But we're going to continue our conversation with Beatrice and we're going to look at how that can build community. Um, What does it mean to explore all of these mindless behaviors? And is there a difference between reactive and reflective? And we'll talk about that at the next segment. So stay with us. We'll be right back. Radio Show. I'm Lori Fitz, your host, and we're talking about a new book that's coming out on mindless behaviors. The name of the book is Mindless Behaviors, Breaking Through Unseen Barriers. And I have the author with us today. Her name is Beatrice Odenodi, and she is going to be sharing more. She, If you missed the first segment, I encourage you to go to our podcast and listen to the first segment, telling about how her story got her to the point where she realized that she needed to do something different, that she wanted her own voice and she wanted her own book and she wanted her own story. And she learned by doing this, by some of these breakthrough be- breaking through of these barriers, she's helped others as well in their journey of discovering their voice. So welcome. So glad you're here, Beatrice. Thank you. <laughs> so all of this ultimately is about creating hope, isn't it? It is. It is. But, and that's kind of like the overall vision is to create generations of hopeful people. You and, don't feel like there's a whole lot of hope right now? I think that we have many dark moments and there isn't a lot. And I think that like it's, it's rooted into our systems to think a certain way. And to react to things in ways that it's kind of like mechanical Mm -hmm. versus really stepping back and being more reflective in that situation. Tell me how you view being reactive versus being reflective and how that shows up in our world. Um, Reactiveness is more of being on autopilot, constantly doing things that it's, it's not really serving you. But you know that you feel like you have to do it. It's like a responsibility. It's almost like a list of tasks that you're like, oh, I got to just go do this. And then, yeah, okay, step tech, you know, you're going step one, um, step one, step two, step three, and even like the, the nine to five jobs, right? So you're doing this and you're doing this in time going by without even like stepping back and saying, is this what I really want? Am I happy? Am I really happy with this? I- am I giving all of my potential in this or am I just – Feeling comfortable and feeling safe and I don't want to rock the boat because I have enough of what I need. Yeah, it's almost staying in those boxes that like – staying in those boxes that you don't even know like you're in Mm -hmm. sometimes. And like you're you're not even looking at anywhere else but like you're just looking at that like – you're just looking at that straight road and you're like, okay – I'm just going to walk. Well, that's the life for me. And I feel like that's kind of like what we 
that's kind of like what we were born into. We mm-hmm. were born into that type of game, mm-hmm. like that type of autopilot. And like, hey, we're supposed to go to school. We're supposed to do this. We're supposed to have kids at a certain age. We're supposed to have um, – we're supposed to have, like, you know, we're supposed to take care of our family, take do this, do this, do that. And everything was in turn. Um, it's all about providing for the external world but not the internal kingdoms that we live in. Mm-hmm. And the refle- when you start to become more reflective, you start to look at things from a different lens. Like, well, why am I doing this? How did I get here? How did I get here, you know? Is purpose part of that too? What is yes. my purpose? Yeah, what is my purpose? And like the purpose is it's really powerful because you you have to really go within and like take take an take an um a, a audit of your life and that read that like what have I done and what do I like to do? What brought me joy at one point and what actually I didn't really like, but I just kept doing. And what I say is that um, it's very interesting. We we actually always do things that we we don't love, but we do it because we're either good at yes. it or that seems to be mm-hmm. the thing to do. That's what's available, yeah. so we go onto autopilot because yes. it's convenient. Mm-hmm. And we do that in relationships. We do that in our systems. We do that with work. We do that with a lot of things, right? So what we love, we can't commit to. And what we don't love is what we commit to fully, which that is kind of backwards. <laughs> Help me understand why we're not going for the joy, right? <laughs> yes, why we're not going for the joy. And I feel like we're not going for the joy because I feel like they there is a sense of being robbed. Like, oh, if we do that, that's selfish, but I feel like if we're vessels and we're supposed to, like, our work and our passion is supposed to be part of us. No, I, I think that you should do what brings you joy because the joy is basically infectious. And being in a state of joy, things come more easily. It as does. Well. It flows easy. But discovering what the joy is can be hard because, mm-hmm. again, are we worthy? There's a lot of self-doubt. Women have a lot of internal monologues about doubting that joy and that inner um, direction. Why do you think that is? Because of the oppression. I feel like we were second-class citizens for so long and that we we were, oh, you're too emotional. Oh, you're – I mean back in – it wasn't that long. 50 years ago, they are like, oh, you need to be in the house. You got to do this. You got to do that. And then like we, we – there was in a voice. And then like, you know, we – the reason why we have this self-doubt is because of that. Like because of those constant like teachings of you have to be this way, right? So there was a – some kind of a, a model that we were supposed to, you know, work mm-hmm. towards being this uh, subscribed version of what women should be. Mm-hmm. And men the same way. Mm-hmm. They, you need to be macho. You need to. You mm-hmm. shouldn't cry. You shouldn't do this. You mm-hmm. shouldn't do that. And really limiting. Really limiting, right? You're supposed to support and like that. Basically, created the barriers mm-hmm. and the miscommunication between men and women. And not being able to communicate. So tell me about how this ties into emotional intelligence, you think. So emotional intelligence um, to me is being able to regulate your emotions and being able to channel it in a different way that is constructive. And when I think – when I say that is with our daily actions, living our – 
world is so reactive, right? We're constantly reacting to different things. And being able to step back and reflect on what's actually going on. When somebody make you mad, you need to we need to step back and say, why are they making me mad? What What's it being ignited in me? Yeah. And why am I reacting? Yeah. Instead why of reacting? falling into the reaction. And then, yeah. Then instead of like, yeah, instead of like stepping back. Yeah. Definitely reacting in that way. So, yeah. So as you're, you're ex- you know, trying to be more reflective mm-hmm. and taking a pause um, and actually kind of living in that emotion versus mm-hmm. just – being reactive, what happens? What happens in that pause? That pause, you st- that pause is the discovery. You start to discover things that you never thought that um, you see. You start to break through those unseen barriers, and like things that you that were invisible start to become visible. And you're like, "Wow, I am like I didn't know I can write a book." I literally when it through that. I, I was like, I'm going to write a book when I'm in my 50s or 60s or even when I'm older, maybe write a memoir. And then it started flowing through me. Once I discovered it, things like started getting – my life started to shift. It was a beautiful destruction, but <laughs> <laughs> but it started to shift for the better. It's interesting that you say it was an, a beautiful destruction. It was yes. almost like the the story needed to have – an ending in order for it to have a new beginning. Yeah. I was, and something had to be destroyed mm-hmm. in order for something new to be created. Yeah. I was dancing in the middle of a burning house while I was falling apart and finally was falling down. So did you have to leave that burning house? Yes, I did. <laughs> and then when you left the burning house and you saw the house behind you, what does that feel like? I was like, whoa, I didn't realize that happened. Okay, well, that's in the next level. So in some ways, you didn't even know that you were in a burning house. Is that part of the recognition of being reactive? I was aware. Like, I was aware I was in there. But I was just like, I didn't, I wasn't letting the heat get to me because I was Mm -hmm. just so much in the, so much in bliss of what actually, what I can do and what I'm looking forward to Uh that it didn't matter anymore. And after you left the and, – and I, when you explain this and I think of this metaphor, I think of you being in a burning house but then ready to leave. What's yes. that readiness point when you're ready to break through the barrier? It was like I know now what I got to do. Purpose came. Yes. And then I'm taking it to the next level. I'm walking out the door and I'm actually laying out my life. I'm writing it as I speak. Yeah. And with that, I need to take another break. <laughs> And I'll have our audience be wondering about what sort of stories that might they might be having in looking at their life and what kind of barriers that they may not even realize that are there in our sort of mindless reactivity. And, and we'll do a deeper dive and share a little bit about some of the stories that uh, Beatrice has chronicled in her new book and the barriers that she saw people moving through. And I'm very excited about hearing those stories. So we'll be right back after just a few short commercials. Stay with us. Welcome back to Connections Radio Show, where we talk about ideas that matter. And today we've been talking about mindless behaviors. How do we all have just mindless behaviors where we're on automatic pilot, we react to our emotions, and we never really take that pause to think about 
Why is something upsetting us? What's in there for us to discover? Well, our friend Beatrice Adenodi. There we go. Adenodi. 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 She, delightful author who has written a book called Mindless Behaviors, Breaking Through Unseen Barriers. And we've been talking about her own story and some of the negative cycles that she was experiencing um, and the importance of really good communication ultimately of breaking down those challenges and reframing it. And ultimately, we want to generate more generations of hopeful people. And I love the idea that communication can be the key to mm-hmm. creating to creating more hope. So in this segment, uh, I'd like to kind of move back a little bit and tell us about Mir Inc. You, you shared in the very first segment that you'd started this company. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's kind of a full circle. So tell me about Mir Inc. and what it does. And then let's move into um, the art of communication. Cool. So um, my company, Mirror Inc., is a marketing consulting firm. Um, we specialize in strategy, planning, and logistics, brand, branding, marketing, business plans, and, of course, events. So one of the biggest things that we do, I know 2020 had brought a lot of fun challenges, is now we're creating we create lifestyles, not careers. So we're like working with small businesses and entrepreneurs and helping them being able to create that balance in their life. I absolutely know that being an entrepreneur, um, your work can become overwhelming and you can get mindless in just constantly doing and not stopping because yes. you're afraid of, well, I got to keep going on this project because I don't know when the next project's going to be coming. Mm-hmm. So that's unhealthy. Yes, and I utilize a lot of my mindless behaviors um, practices in the pro from the program and also the book into my Mirror Inc. So mindless behaviors is my life's work, and I brought it into my Mirror Inc. Um, business, and it has been really helping people shift the way they think of their business and their um, even their lifestyle as well. Your eyes sparkle. It's like you see the transformation. I see you th- with a fire in your eyes going, yes, they can be transformed. Yes, they definitely can. They make them – it think you make it think make you think of your life in a different perspective. So mm-hmm. run, we walk through a lot of um, – we walk through a lot of exercises in getting – to the root of those. Well, tell yeah. me about some of the stories that you share in your book yes. and, and the barriers that you saw and some of the communications techniques you use to help people look at getting through those barriers. Okay. So one of my um, favorite stories in the book is called um, The Mask We Wear. And that um, I was – I had a – my character was a politician and he actually – didn't tell his wife that he's going to resign. And he just wanted to just walk away. He just totally walked away from the political realm to be an artist. And he always wanted to do it. And he just got into these um, loopholes and he was going on that autopilot mode, reacting to things. And then one day he had an accident and then it shook him. And it shifted his life. And he... He didn't tell his wife because he was embarrassed and he didn't want to – he didn't know how to say it. And one day he broke up. He broke it to – he broke it to the world before he broke it to his wife. So it was very interesting um, when I was writing it. I – with with the mask, we wear many masks on a um, regular basis and I needed to I, – I addressed that 
and I did myself um, to our families, to our friends. So I thought that um, the, some of the tips that I did say in the book is that, like, you know, make sure you step back and understand where how you're getting there. Mm-hmm. Like understanding where those um, where those faces coming from, but knowing that those different faces that you have wear on a regular basis are all aspects of you. Right. And how do you package yourself to bring um, to make um, have a sound identity? So, a mask almost sounds like you know here is the actor role. Yes. That you're playing in this scenario. Mm-hmm. And you can play one actor role in one scenario and a very different actor role in another scenario. They're both you. Mm-hmm. But the scenario almost calls for a certain mm-hmm. part to be played. Yes. Until the part becomes uncomfortable. Yes. And the part isn't fun to play anymore. Mm-hmm. And it feels limiting. Or it's you've been cast in that role. Mm-hmm. And in that role, it no longer feels like you're expressing all of it and you're you're almost being punished for not playing the role correctly. Yes, and that's true. And then you you see the thing is that the mask can be can be good and bad depending on the situation and environment you're in. Mm-hmm. It could be really bad if you're not aware of your mask. Right. You're aware of the many faces. So but it's not a choice anymore. You're just no, a yes. mindless putting on the mask. If you're yes. intentional, it's one thing. You're intentionally mm-hmm. fitting into the scenario. You're putting on this mask and it's a, a technique to, to have good communication. Mm-hmm. But if you're wearing it and not knowing you're wearing it and you're unhappy, yes, I can imagine that would be really heartbreaking. Mm-hmm. Yes. Totally. And then that's the reason why I say that it it can make you tired. It can make you really fatigued when you don't um, know that you're having these masks off. And that's where the breakdown begins. How do you help people discover their mask? By having them step back and understanding why these um, why they have these multiple masks. And it really stems from childhood. Mm-hmm. It stems from uh, upbringing. You might have been given a mask. Yes. That here's a really good mask mm-hmm. that will be really good for, for you. you. Yes. And this will make you happy mm-hmm. and just put this mask on and everything's going to be okay except if it's not an authentic mask, if it's something that's – again, like you said at the very beginning, if it's not something that you created but someone's created for you. Yes. Never quite fits. That no. kind of slips around. Yeah. <laughs> and, and the faces is off and everything like that. Yes. Mm-hmm. Definitely. So the mask is – it's something you you we want to align with yourself, but like if you do have it, whether um, are you intentional with them? Mm-hmm. Right, you show many faces as well, and that's part of the reflection. That's part of the reflection that you don't necessarily shame the mask or feel bad about the mask, but the mask is a choice. It's a choice, yes, and definitely. In this situation, in this scenario, is this a mask I feel comfortable wearing? Mm-hmm. I can't. That is <laughs> that is correct, and if it is. Go for it. <laughs> Wear that mask. Yes. It's a party. <laughs> yes. Yes. Definitely. And ev- but it's, I, I think it, it is fun to have the discovery of when a mask comes off and at what level is there trust for masks to come out? Because masks, I think, are a little bit like the um, automatic pilot. Mm-hmm. You can get it's really comfortable auto- in the script and you can get really yes. comfortable in all that. But it takes a trust to go, I think I'm going to show you that. I'm more than my mask. Mm-hmm. 
and I'm going to share who I am that may not match the mask that you've always seen. Yeah. And then, I mean, once you do that, you start to become a superhuman. (laughs) (laughs) So so Batman wears a mask, though. Wait a minute. (laughs) I know, right? (laughs) But it's intentional. (laughs) Yes, it is. Great things happen. And so does Catwoman. Yes. All those good uh, superheroes. Yes. But listening also is important. Tell me about how you explore listening in the whole communications arts. So listening and communications actually ties into the next story. Okay. Um, letting your past experience affect the next relationship. And I talk about that in the in the book. And that was more of a communication aspect of a man that didn't face his past. And he moved on to the next relationship. And he wasn't going all the way through with it mm-hmm. because of those barriers on that last one. And he was bringing a lot of those tendencies to that next relationship. So almost like imposing the mask on the new relationship. Yes. With someone else needing to wear that mask. And not necessarily a good or a bad thing. It's just a mask that is necessary to even bring into the relationship. Mm-hmm. And then what happens is he wasn't he wasn't communicating with the woman that he was being involved with. Mm-hmm. And so she got frustrated. And then as time goes um, go by, the communication, their, their, their communication barriers were getting bigger and larger and larger and larger. And all of a sudden they were screaming at each other, but they weren't really listening to each other. Mm-hmm. And the power of like understanding your pain is one thing, but being able to have your pain in front of you and like somebody is trying to break through and communicating with you about their pain is another. And I noticed that yelling matches. People scream at each other. People fight and be in these conflicts. And when you're in that room where people are screaming, they're not really listening to each other. There's very little empathy yes. when two people are screaming. Yes, there's very <laughs> there's, little empathy. There's no common ground. There's a, a us versus them. Yes. And there's no common ground. And empathy, I think, requires common ground. Yeah. And what I notice even in overall is that people, we, we're we not actually good listeners. We want we listen to respond but not listen to hear what the person is saying. So when we do that, we miss things. Mm-hmm. And when we miss things, then we start to these, – these different miscommunication happens. And then we spiral into some of these barriers that we create. So listening is actually a really important tool that we are, have really don't master at all. I think also when you come into a situation, you may have already created assumptions. Yes. So when you have those assumptions, there's no need to listen because you mm-hmm. can rest on, well, this is what I'm assuming. And so now all I'm doing is waiting to talk. Yes. If you turn that around and take that reflective moment mm-hmm. and not just do an automatic pilot of what you want to say, but really connect with what the person is saying to help it move forward the next idea or explore the idea and play with the idea a little bit more, mm-hmm. that's a different kind of vulnerability. It is. It is. And, you know, vulnerability is one thing that we shy away from. And like, you know, now in these different, in this, especially with 2020, we're starting to explore the, um, what vulnerability really means and breaking down those walls and actually really expressing how you feel. So yeah, vulnerability is one. Um, and what's another? It sounds like you have another on your, 
on the tip of your tongue as well. Is basically being able to express your emotions and being able to being open with it in a constructive way. So it goes back to that emotional intelligence. And every, all of it is like, how are, we, how are we connecting with each other? How are we emotionally regulating ourselves? And how we are we really being vulnerable, even with the close, um, even with our close circles around us? So we need to start asking ourselves those questions. It also comes back to me when I hear you talk is about pain as well. Mm-hmm. And how are we okay sitting with our pain and sitting with someone else's pain and mm-hmm. allowing that to happen without running away from it, without mm-hmm. trying to turn it into something else, but just have that moment because I think there's some discovery in the pain, that that's when other actions occur and that's when purpose can come out. Mm-hmm. And pain, like pain, some, sometimes pain keeps us in these reactive modes. Mm-hmm. But when we just start to discover, we start to become reflective and insightful. So like really like being able to sit with our pain will not have us pass these experiences to these different um, relationships, you know. And expectations. And then. expectations and like not being able to just ex- – Expect stuff for ourselves, but not expect from the external world to like teach us, like, hey, you know what? I'm owed this. No mm-hmm. one owes you anything. Mm-hmm. You, you, you need to come into your power, you know, and hear your voice and yes. be able to follow your voice, follow your passion, and create your story. Yes. And we're going to talk more about um, her wonderful book. Uh, how we examine our mindless behaviors and what choices can we make for ourselves and how do we discover our voice and how do we live in a powerful story. So stay with us. We'll be right back. Welcome back to Connections Radio Show. I'm Lori Fitz, your host, and our topic has been mindless behaviors. How do they get in the way of sharing our voice and fully living our story? And we have Beatrice Adenoti. Oh, you're good. There we go. And she has written a new book that I would love to have folks buy. Go out and buy this book. It's a great book. Mindless Behaviors. Breaking Through Unseen Behaviors. And to get that book, uh, the website that you can go to is mindless-behaviors.com. And then there's a backslash the-book. And I know that if you buy before a certain time, you get a special gift, right? Yes, you get a special gift. How long do they have to get the special gift? You have to – pre-sales began August 10th. So you have till October 1st. Okay, Midnight October 1st. You should get your special gift. Everyone yes. deserves a special gift. Yes. And you can get a special one. gift. It's going to be really good. And we've been talking about mindless behaviors, looking at the difference between reactive and reflective, uh, understanding our emotions, owning our emotions, owning our voice. Do you have some tips for people to think about in terms of if they're at that place where they're realizing, I got to change up some things. I mean, we're all spending a little bit more time being reflective because mm. we're dealing with COVID-19. Yes. And some people are going <laughs> crazy. But others are taking this as a time to go, okay, I do need to stop. And when we start moving back towards a world where we don't have to always be in masks and we have vaccines and we've got ways to handle this, 
um, disease in such a way that we're no longer having this fear mm-hmm. and, and behavior that seems to separate us. Mm-hmm. What are some things that we can prepare ourselves for this new world? What what sort of things can you give us tips on to be able to look more squarely while we have this time, this time out, about our behavior? Yeah, there's a lot. <laughs> um, one of the things that I would say, the first thing, First tip I would say is step back and get go in and understand what you're experiencing. And like really look, take a real under audit of your life and really understand how did I get here and what am I experiencing right now? And you might be afraid doing this. Yes. So just acknowledge that yes. this feels this, a little – everyone should just acknowledge. I feel a little scared doing this, but what the heck? I've got a timeout. Yes. <laughs> so why not just get to know me? And, mm-hmm. and be able and not feel selfish about getting to know me. Yeah, and start to like you know we all have create we all creators we are creative. Mm-hmm. So what type of creative outlet can you um, do as you're doing that reflection and as you're stepping back? Are you journaling? Are you like? Um, painting. Are you creating a mask to look at? Yes. Yes. So like there's so many different ways to be creative. So like what is your creative outlet? It could be exercising. It can be doing really different things. Whatever works for you, do that. And when you're doing that, I believe when you're doing something creative or you're doing something physical, you're your internal monologue, your more authentic voice comes out mm-hmm. because you're relaxed. Yes. I think it's when you're stressed and you think that you need to do something and you're pushing yourself that you don't hear your own voice. And that is correct. Yes. And the second the, – one of the second tips is like listen to your voice. Listen to you. What are you saying? What are you – what negative self-talk are you saying to yourself? And how, um, how are you going to like switch that up? And How can you take what's been negative and take it and, and switch it up, turn it into something that motivates versus yes. depresses you? <laughs> yes, yes. And like I, I do say turn off the news. But like I know that we need to be informed. Yeah, and we have to vote. <laughs> yes. <laughs> just saying. Like, yes. So just like just, just take time for yourself, yoga. Um, another thing is communicate with everyone around you and listen to them. Listen to what they have to say. Those are like – Slow re- down the conversation. Yeah, maybe. slow down the conversation and enjoy each other's company. Really enjoy each other's company. And – Instead of maybe feeling bad that we're in this time, that we're in lockdown, Mm -hmm. what is the beauty in the lockdown? Is there beauty? Is there something about discovery and taking time with each other that we may not have ever had this opportunity if we hadn't all, as the world needed to do, just shut down? Yeah, the beauty is that, like, we can actually finally just breathe and find our purpose. Like, go within. We're actually going within. And I like the idea that you said, and we can breathe. And we can breathe. Because I think sometimes we hold our breath mm-hmm. waiting for that next moment. Mm-hmm. And if we let ourselves just breathe. Well, Beatrice, thank you so much for coming today and sharing about your book. Again, I want to make sure everyone knows how to get to that website, mindless-behaviors.com backslash the-book. Great book. Um, Something to think about, something especially to think about now during COVID-19 where we have our time to look inward, journey inward. Yes, thank you for having me. Absolutely. (laughs) Our voice is our story and our story gives us a sense of our power and purpose.